So therefore, be proud to be a decent American rather than be just a wanker whipping up fear. Because you're supposed to tackle people, you're supposed to hit people at pace and hit them hard as part of the game. It's not chess we're playing. I'd like to take this chance to apologise to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f*** he wants. Hello everybody and welcome along to What's The Story Podcast. This is WTS 102. Yes, we got 100 out of the way, thank God. My name is Danny Murray. Oh, my name is Graham Merrill. Man, that, that is the longest you've ever left it. Sorry, I, I thought Jade was fine. <laughs> <laughs> I joke, Jade. That is genuinely the longest you've ever left it. No, I got distracted by the vibrations. Apologies. That's not the first time you've said that. It's like, hey, we're brought to you by Fitzpatrick Castle Hotel. Check out FitzpatrickCastle.com for more. I mean, I have to give uh, a little shout out to Sinkwood Studios. Um, they're an editing and production company who gave us a little hand with the uh, the post-production of WTS 100. Colin and the lads kind of saved my arse because I made a bit of a boo-boo. So I said I'd give them uh, a little shout. So if you're looking for video, audio... Any kind of production, really. Um, check out the lads. They're great. Sinkwoodstudios.com. Lovely. Nice one, lads. Mero, who yeah. have we got this week? We've got um, n- new MMA sensation in Ireland. He made his debut. Oh, fuck, when was it? Don't tell me. You can see we've done the research. What one do we know? It's what is it now, May? May. May. Was it before Christmas? Yeah. It was December 16th. It was. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> December 16th. Yeah, it was. In the, I was a bit sweaty we'll, there. We'll edit a little bit of that out to make it sound better. Yeah, do. Will you <laughs> just make me sound a bit good? Cut a couple of seconds off and make it sound, you know, like you weren't a slow Cut a couple of seconds off when I introduce my name as well. Oh, God, no. I'm making it sound like you forgot your name. No. I'm going <laughs> to elongate that pause, man. You knocked out Keith McCabe in sensational fashion. We have Richard Coyley on. How are you? Good, good. How are you? Great. Thanks for joining us, man. No, thanks for having me. Have you not got a nickname yet? The Face of Bama. So far. Oh, <laughs> <I love it. laughs> The face of Bama. It's not even a nickname, it's reality. I am the face of Bama. Yes! Love Get in. Love All guns blazing straight uh, away. Absolutely. And you keep that when you swipe the UFC as well, just to really mess with uh, it. It's transferable, it's wherever oh, I go. It's yeah. transferable, it's the face of wherever I go. Face of Tala. Uh, yeah, the face of Tala. The face so that runs it. the place. Uh, Who's that? That's, that's AJ Styles. That's actually that is. Yeah. My yes. bad. Yes! Yeah. Three wrestling fans, four yeah. wrestling fans. Yeah. Just for our <laughs> listeners. Rest, closet wrestling fans. We ha- just for yeah. listeners, we have uh, Richie's partner in the house as well, Jade, but she's not mic'd up because she's a bit of a mad thing. Yeah, Aren't you Jade? No. <laughs> <laughs> she's after giving me a script of what I can and can't say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> me, me too. Yeah. <laughs> what I can yeah. and can't ask. Yeah. Um, how are you? Yeah, you're good? Yeah, I'm good. Good. Just getting ready for Bama 30 now, so... Uh, what date is that? that? That is, oh no, hang on, I'm about to forget now. <laughs> July 7th. That is July 7th, seventh, isn't it? July yeah. 7th, yeah. So, fighting um, yeah, Daniel, fighting? I don't know what his name is. So, I mean, everyone keeps asking me what his name is. I know it's Daniel Obi- Obi-Wan or something. Oh, he one. fought on the, the recent one. fought on the last one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, Daniel Ole something, or the Olena Chekers. Olena yeah, Obi-Wan. The last time, prior to the Bama fight, the last time I watched you fight was... In good council, would that be right? Would it possibly? Don't yeah. know. Oh no, that was up in um, that was over the north side, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, over the north side. Yeah, 
It was a title eliminator, wasn't it? Yeah, it was title eliminator, yeah. and then whoever owned, whoever was holding the title didn't want to fight, so really he just decided he didn't want to fight. Yeah, so apparently this, that title what? eliminator didn't hold much water. What sort of a title holder doesn't want to fight? <sighs> the fellow doesn't want to lose, I suppose. Jesus, <laughs> um, man. Yeah, no, so it was title eliminator against the fellow called that. This one was K K1? K1, yeah, yeah, yeah. K one, yeah. So the. Um, so that was against Brett Egan. He was a good guy, good kickboxer. He was an Irish champion kickboxer. Um, but uh, yeah, that was it. And then I think after that fight, he was six months on crutches. I think really, yeah, he ruptured his uh, ruptured his uh, cruciate ligament with a kick. Wow. So um, so he was in. I was a nervous um, wreck for that fight. Sorry, I was a nervous wreck for that fight. I'm a nervous wreck for all of them. So yeah. God love you. <laughs> yeah. I'm really sorry for you. Because I was just, <laughs> I, I was. Uh, John was there as well, wasn't he? John, John Saul, our mutual mate. Um, possibly, possibly. Yeah. Uh, John, John would would, go, would have gone to a lot of fights. So, and I thought, for some reason, when I when I'm emotionally invested into a fight, yeah. and if I see my fighter getting hit, yeah. I just panic. And yeah, I think he got hit in the first <laughs> round, and I was like, oh fuck! But then you <laughs> came back second and third rounds. Yeah. No, you see, my recollection of that fight is completely different. <laughs> I wasn't there. We don't, was we don't remember getting hit at all. <laughs> no, my recollection of that fight was it was actually a really frustrating fight to be in because the fellow ran for the whole fight. Yeah, Bray Egan ran for the whole fight. He's a, he's, you know, he's a credible champion. He was, he's had a lot of fights, a lot of wins. Um, but so I couldn't understand. He literally ran for the whole fight. Now, not even on, the, on his toes. He just didn't want to engage. Mm. So it was very frustrating. And then any time. It's not like MMA where you can engage in the clinch. Anytime you can cl you clinch, you can throw one knee. But he was literally holding so the fight. Yeah, he yeah. split up and he was looking yeah. at it. I don't know what he was trying to do, but um, yeah, it was very frustrating. I think the only time there was there was a bit of engagement in the third round. So I would say it was a stinker to watch, but uh, that's, not, that's no more fault of my own. Yeah. It's almost like the wrestling. You know when they don't want to fight and they stick their head out of the ropes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was like. But uh, yeah, look, come here. We won it anyway. Was it after that fight that you went to transition to MMA, or no? Did you always plan to get into MMA? No, I didn't really. I'd, I'd had enough of kickboxing, and I'd, I'd done what I wanted to do in kickboxing. Um, you know, I'd won, I'd won titles in kickboxing. Um, I only took that fight for the crack. To be right. honest, I hadn't trained for it, or um, and that was to be that was to be the team of my following two fights. I just didn't. So it was kind of. Not to say I was disillusioned with martial arts, but I, oh, I've done it. For, I've done it for years, and I was just so I was just doing it because I was doing it. It wasn't out of any particular hunger, right? And so I went in and fought, and I won. I won fairly handy. It didn't you know? It wasn't breaking a sweat. It wasn't fit for it, but it wasn't breaking a sweat either. Um, wow! So, so you weren't even. No, it wasn't. I, giving it socks like no, it wasn't. No, I walked in on weight, and that was it. I think I got there late to the late to the venue and. <laughs> Just walked in and but and that's that's I don't mean that to be disrespectful to the opponents because was, that that wasn't the intention. It's just my I wasn't invested in it at that particular time. Now yeah. since then things have changed a lot, as you can see. Yeah, um, I'm not getting a, a hunger for it now and the MMA. I really I'm passionate about MMA now. So, so that's where and I'm passionate about MMA and the uh, you know I've, I've got big goals within MMA and I'm committing myself to MMA. I left my job and um, so I'm going at 100. percent Wow, I yeah. didn't know you left your job. Yeah, I did. Left it back just before the last Bama. <clears throat> a couple of weeks, about, what was it? At the end of, the start of November, I left the job. I left the job and I committed to MMA because myself and yourself have worked together, you know, but <clears throat> the office environment, I'd done it all. I enjoyed it. Um, I had, I've accumulated enough experience that when I finish my MMA career, if I decide that I want to go back into it, I can. 
Um, but it's not something that I envisage doing. Um, but yeah, I want to say like, what's 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 the point? I've done martial arts all my life. Yeah. Um, so I said I'm gonna go for it. 100%. Want to use it like? Yeah. Well, I said I want to go for it. Like you know, I didn't want to, didn't like getting up at getting up at seven, dreading going into work, and then clock between nine and five, just waiting for the you know waiting to clock out. Yeah. Then go train. So I said I want to give this a hundred percent. Um. So I have. So prior to your BAM fight yeah. debut in December, mm-hmm. and the last fight I would have seen you in was January 2015. Mm-hmm. But you had two fights after that in K1. No, I had a couple of MMA fights, amateur MMA fights. Oh, did you? Yeah, I had a couple of amateur well, MMA fights, but again, I didn't I didn't train for them. I was just torn up a day. But do, do you do other disciplines like jiu-jitsu? And yeah, I do. well, I do now, yeah. Well, I did, did you back then? I did, but well, I was kind of going, for, going to a class and then wouldn't go for another class for a period of time and um you know I, I wasn't I wasn't committed to it yeah I wasn't committed to it and I wasn't hungry for it like there's people that do it full-time that work full-time and then train as well Um I wasn't I was working full-time and then I'd go to a class recreationally every now and again just to you know may as well nothing else to do I'm a bit bored I'll go to a class and what yeah. have you so I wasn't fully committed to it I lost the two MMA fights and that was a wake-up call um in terms of um you know, I was there like, what am I doing? You know, because I had such a, I have a, I have a really good reputation in martial arts and yeah. kickboxing and what have you. And then I was torn up. I was, I wasn't, I wasn't fighting how I normally fight. You know, I wasn't giving the, the account of myself that I normally can, that I normally can give. <clears throat> and then, so after those fights, I was, uh, I just decided, listen, I'm going to give this, I want to do it. You know, I want to give this, um, that was kind of, I didn't want to end on, I didn't want to finish like doing martial arts and finishing a loss. So I said, look, I saw Bam up was coming up. I saw it was in the tree arena and I saw that this, the type of fighters that were there and, you know, I would hold myself up against any single one of those fighters that are in there. You know, even now, <clears throat> I'm calling for the, the, I'm only one and all, but I'm calling for a welterweight title shot against yeah. your man Terry, Terry Brazier and it was brought, Bama brought me over to Birmingham and the reason being that I'm calling for, it's not out of arrogance, it's because I'm better than, and I don't mean that to be arrogant, but, in terms of skill level versus my skill level, there's no comparison. Yeah. Um. So, that's why I'm calling for that title shot. You know, I don't. It's, the person who holds the belt should be the best. So he's dodging me now and saying that he doesn't <coughs> want to fight. The reason he's dodging is because he leads with his chin and he knows if he does that with me, he'll take be taking it home with him. And, and that's what you were basing that on, though, when you're examining the fighters and you're putting your skill against their skill. I'm completely objective when I when I uh, assess my own skill level versus thing. I'm not unreal. I'm, I'm realistic. I'm a realist. Mm. <coughs> so. Um, You're not saying things for the crack, like I'm not saying things for the crack. <laughs> no, like, and you see all these idiots on Facebook. They're, they're, they're like saying, "Oh, McGregor want to be." I'm completely different from Connor in terms of how I conduct myself, in terms of how I speak. Um, but that, the they're always going to say that because of course you're SPG, they are. That's, that's, of course they are, and that's unoriginal on their part. That's just mm. boredom on their part, just mm. because they're bloody they're living vicariously through their Facebook warriors and fucking mm. commenting. We don't give a rat's ass. The fact that they're commenting on me is great, mm. you know, because um, it shows they've an interest. It shows them doing the right thing. But yeah, I base myself. I base. I study the people who are my competitors, the, my, the, the people who are fighting around me, and I don't see anyone that worries me. And I'm not saying that that's not fighter speak. Though. I genuinely don't see anyone that worries me, and I think I'll be able to knock out anyone that'll be on that thing. And I include this fellow that I'm coming up against now, Daniel. I don't know, still don't know what Obi Wan he calls himself. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, I thought it was like, like Oven Check or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 So I, that's I'll, a mouthful, alright. Yeah, it's I'll, a mouthful, I'll get the Google on. Obi Wan he calls himself. So. And did you meet him when you went over? To I Rome? did, yes. <laughs> I've I seen actually, a clip on the dressing room. Yeah, wasn't so, it? yeah, that that caused a bit of controversy, but. Um, 
so I was walking down, King Cowley was fighting, mm. and I was walking into the dressing room to say, um, say hello, right? But this, I heard Richard, and it's this kind of weird accent, because he's Polish, but he fights out of Belfast, so it was like, do you know, do you know what it sounded like? It was like a mixture between Arnold Schwarzenegger, and remember your man Julian that did the UTV continuity, you know the real... Julian from Belfast? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. like... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Fair from Coronation Street. This <laughs> really, I was there, this is a... And I didn't cop who it was, but it's, I just remember thinking, that is a weird accent. But, uh, so, yeah, he was a cross between Arnold Schwarzenegger and this kind of, like, your man Julian from uh, UTV. Yeah, yeah. So he called me, you know, I didn't recognise the force I was there. Oh, how's it going? And so then did, did he know the camera? Were the cameras rolling? No, no, it wasn't. Oh. It wasn't. We just, I don't know. He was coming up to a fight now. Bear in mind, so it was there. Like I didn't cop. And then when he called me, and he was, there, he said, "Oh, you're not mounting now, are you?" Despite the fact that he was only out there calling me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that was grand. So um, he call, he called me, and he was there. He, he said, "You're not mounting now, are you?" And I was there. Oh, it's you. So I copped who it was, but. Uh, then I started just giving him death. I started giving him abuse. <laughs> I started slagging him. But this fellow was the worst slagger really? ever. I was just there You're a good slagger yourself, huh? aren't you? I can, <laughs> him, well, he's easy. You give me easy prey there. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was a decent bit of slagging on him now. Um, but yeah, so the fellow that, the fellow that I had with me just whipped out the camera and started recording it. And uh, he just kind of backed down, you know. I thought it was going to come to a, a few fisticuffs now, but going to have a little fracas before the team. But like, come here, that's not what you... I, like, I wouldn't have started. I wouldn't have started that before his fight. Like, yeah. Um, um, and not that much of an asshole, but he started it. So I was there. Look, it's a fair game now. If you want to start it, and so that's but what. See, happened. that's what that's part of that though is trying to sell a fight as well. It is. It, well, that's it's part of the game, right? Of course. Listen, like, like I said, I couldn't give a rat's arse. So you meant to record it. I uploaded it to Facebook straight away. Yeah. And uh, like I said, you know, he's there. He's looking for a pity party for himself to rob Jade's phrase. He's having a, a pity party for himself and trying to get people to say like, uh, oh, that. Uh, you know, he, he approached him before the fight. I didn't approach him before the fight. He approached me. He called you. And then he just didn't like what he heard. And he went back into his shell with his tail between his legs. So, I don't know. You can't argue with stupid, you know. It's his yeah. own fault. It's true. So, you can't fix stupid. You can't fix stupid. I've been trying for two years in this podcast to fix stupid. <laughs> and it hasn't worked. <laughs> yeah, uh, da- Daniel Olgenzek. Yeah, we just o- call him Daniel. I don't know what his name is. Yeah. O-L-E-J. O-E-N-C-Z-A-K. Yeah. We Daniel. K. So we was fighting we Daniel. on that card. We Daniel. We Daniel. We Daniel. He was fighting on that card. He was fighting on that card. He took, yeah, he took, um, he took a fight in short notice. Um, Will he be okay for the July fight? Well, that's what I said to him. I was there. Listen, I hope you're not taking this fight so you get... I hope that you get knocked out so you don't have to fight me. <laughs> and uh, he kind of mumbled something and I don't know, that Polish or... In whatever, whatever yeah. accent he had. So um, Julian, I was going to say yeah. Julian Clary. Yeah, <laughs> Julian. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he took the fight anyway, and it was a it was a majority draw. So majority draw, a majority draw. So I didn't I didn't see anything that I didn't see anything that scares me. Was it a majority kind of stand up fight as well, or because you were saying like yeah, it's hard to no it, look where stand up is poor. I know exactly when we're fighting. I know exactly what we're going to do. What's going to happen? It's going to be the exact same thing that happens with anyone that I'm going to fight. They're going to want to take me down and spoon me for 15 minutes. That's what's going to happen. And you can defend that? Of course. Well, look, I'm, I'm training now with jiu-jitsu with top-level lads. Like, to people, it's, it's ignorant for people to think that I'm just going into SBG and work on my stand-up game. Because yeah. it's pointless. I have that in the bank. I have you know, I've numerous titles in, in, uh, in the stand-up. Yeah. So why would I go in and just... What should we call it? I'll maintain the standard of stand-up that I have, but I'm focusing purely on, on I'm focusing on jiu-jitsu, I'm focusing on wrestling, I'm focusing on working up against the cage, positional sparring, positional rounds, 
um, situational sparring. So, you know, like so, I know what he's going to do. So I'm prepared for what he's going to do. So I actually, and I know this. People say it's fight speak as well, but I genuinely don't care if it goes to the ground because it'll be an opportunity for me to, to show out, show yourself. Yeah, exactly. So. And then, you know, people won't be able to just pigeonhole me in this. Oh, he's just only a kickboxer. The last fella did it, Keith McCabe tried to do it. But the people were saying, Kibo Warriors again were saying that uh, it was a fluke against Keith McCabe. I could fight Keith McCabe 10 times and I beat him 10 times. Yeah. There was nothing fluky about it. There was nothing. No, I didn't there was think absolutely was. nothing fluky about it. So no. I don't know how anyone can. Like, if you have a look at the fight, I think he landed one left hook on me, and that was my fault for it. I threw a kick in range. I was up in the stands. Um, I was like, you're fucking joking me. Yeah. I was like, lads, is it over? Is it over? I couldn't believe it. I hit him with a jab. I had him beat with a jab. As soon as I hit him with a jab, I landed a jab on his face. I saw the panic. And uh, when I, you I see do. the panic as a fighter, does that do you grow in confidence? Or what? what no, like no, what's no, the no, mindset? No, I saw the panic in his face, so I knew it's no. It's, it's I'd be an organic fighter, so I, I you know I don't just fight to a strategy. I fight to his, you know I look to impose my game plan, but like I'm very aware that anything can happen within MMA, so I fight organically. So wherever the fight goes, I'll. I'll, I'll Fight. If you have a look at that knockout, he stepped in, and as soon as he stepped in, that that knee was in his chest, and he was then he was on the ground. Um, so, like in terms of saying it was a fluke, that was absolutely not a fluke. That yeah. was he got knocked just, out. Was, like. Yeah, he just got knocked out, <laughs> and he got knocked out with his skill. Like it wasn't. He stepped in. I drew him in. I stepped back. He stepped in. And he, he walked. He came into a knee. You know. So that like if you look at it in terms of speed, time, and precision. It was all there. It was all there. And, uh, how? How? Um, but then, sorry, just to put like yes. he, he tried to say in his, in his, his, his subsequent fight that um, that the fellow he was fighting had had striking and wrestling, which I didn't. How would he know? He tried to grapple me once, and I walked out as if he wasn't there. <laughs> so I was there. So you can't just say that I hadn't got grappling just because he wasn't able to impose his game plan and get me down. Yeah. So, but look, that's again, can't argue with stupid. Um. And the, how does like you had the two was it two amateur fights? Yeah, yeah. Before, prior to yeah. Bama. So how does like tell us how does uh how does it happen that you get a contract with Bama? How does like do they come calling or Um it's John had asked for professional fighters and John <clears throat> a scene. Like my first spar in there was with Artem Lobov. My second spar was with Gunny Nelson. Wow. So that was in the first. That was when I went into SVG. They were the two spars, and then I think my tour de fort was with Connor. Baptism of fire there. Sorry, baptism of fire there. Well, look, yeah, they're they're top level lads, like you know. But like, it goes to show. First of all, how my my skill level. Yeah. Second of all, the esteem that John held me in to put mm. me in against Gunnar Nelson as well. Jesus, yeah, Gunnar Nelson is brilliant. You know, um, so. Uh, and then straight away he brought me into the MMA team. He brought me into the MMA team straight away. Um, then, like I said, I had other commitments in terms of work, and my my son had come along, Derry. Um, so I had other commitments, and I kind of drifted in, just drifted out. But then I, I said to him, I "Was there? Listen, I'm, I want to commit to this, and um, I want to commit to this, and I want to fight in Palma." He goes, "Absolutely." He just said, <clears throat> "Give me a hundred percent commitment," and he goes, "You'll run through them." So, uh, and that's what happened. He's true to, it's a testament to, I don't know, he must have Leonard Connor's crystal ball or something. But, yeah. Yeah. But, um, like I said, I, I don't think there's anyone out there that, that fights like me. Yeah. In, um, yeah. in, in Bama, or on the domestic scene, I don't think anyone fight that is out there that fights like me or that has what I have. You probably would have fought a lot of the guys on the domestic scene though as well, wouldn't you? No, I didn't. No? I didn't fight any of them. No, I didn't fight any of those, uh, like, we didn't fight any of them. 
Um, oh, would, would you have heard? Was, well, Keith McCabe was supposed to fight in a, in a, in a K1 fight. Right. Prior to that, and I got injured. Um, but again, th- that was just one of those Mickey Mouse fights that I'd decided, oh, yeah, I'll take it. It's in two weeks, I'll jump in and what have you. Whereas this fellow's committing himself full time, you know. So it just, it just goes to show that once I commit myself the level, like I do it. my skill level isn't in question. Yeah. I, I genuinely think that in terms of stand-up, there's nobody in the Bama welterweight division um, that has what I have. And in terms of the ground and the grappling game, there's nobody in Bama that has the level of training partners that I have that can put me under the pressure that I'm under in day-to-day training. You know, So it's... There's no situation that I'm going to come up against. There's nobody that I'm going to get into the cage against that's going to scare me. Yeah. You know? You uh, Obviously, your, your background, as you said, is kickboxing, and striking mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And one of the things from other people we've had in the podcast, like Keen most recently talking yeah. about kind of his Muay Thai background. We had mm-hmm. Dan Severn on talking about his wrestling background. Yeah. And one of the things that a lot of them have all, or even Bass Rootin as well, he alluded to it a little bit. All of them have kind of alluded to kind of the, the people from their their core sport or, or their background sport being a little bit kind of iffy with them when they say they're going after the MMA route. Did you experience any of that? Was there any kind of you're turning yeah. your back on us kind of thing? Or? <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. Look, you're always going to get people that are going to be tribal mm. and they're going to want to hang on to their... Um, they're they're, they're going to want to protect their own sport and, you know, they feel like it's a betrayal. You know, if someone, you know, migrates to a different sport. And yeah. To be honest with you, I don't really care, man. To be honest, they're not... You know, I don't know if it's fear-based or if it's people don't want to... You know, we could easily have stayed in kickboxing and collected more titles. And yeah, you know, what's the what's the achievement in that? There's no um, thing. You know, we wanted to test myself, and the first one of the other four spars I had was against Chris Fields, and you know, that was a that was a hand, that was my ego handed to me. You know, because yeah. like in MMA, kickboxing MMA, the distance is different. You can't go in throw combinations. You just get taken down in your arse. And that's exactly what happened. I was taken down by Chris Fields, and I was tapped out very very quickly. So uh, that was a boot in the ego. Yeah. So, uh, but it was also, uh, you know, it was also great in terms of reality and the saying, listen, you know, you can't just walk in here and think you're going to be cocking a walk. And yeah, yeah. So that's what happened. And yeah, the, the yeah. whole like the, the kickboxing world in Ireland, obviously. Like I mean, even just locally, like some of the names you've got: Damo Darker, Lindsay Doyle, obviously yeah. formerly of this podcast, my Lord Wrestler, and <laughs> you know Sean O'Bannon, then obviously. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the, yeah. the, it's, it's These are huge world class athletes. Yeah, that it's a huge you know? catalog. Like There's you know, world class athletes and kickboxing doesn't get the exposure it deserves yeah. based on the level of talent that we have. You know, it's great to see Damian Darker getting the exposure and getting some exposure now because he's a great talent. But he just yeah. he keeps getting like, opponents keep pulling out. Like course, what happens to you? Yeah, of course they will. Like, that's that's what I was trying to get to. Yeah, yeah. just the, the opponents pulling out. Like that's something yeah. you've experienced as well. Like it's, yeah, of course I've had loads of opponents pull out, and that's you know. But that's just part and parcel, you know. Yeah. And I know now that once I, there's very few that are going to want to stand and trade with me, you know. Yeah. And you know, I don't know if they all think it's they think it's like that they have this magic new plan that they're they're going to beat me. Like they all want, they're all going to want to do a different version of the same thing, mm. you know. Get me up against the cage or take me down or tie me off the shots, level change and let me um, let me run into a clinch or something, and then they can work from there. I know that's what's going to be everyone. That's what everyone's you know. Very few people that are going to want to stand with me, and if they do, well, they're they're stupid. <laughs> they're stupid as hell. So, um, just just to go back on something you said earlier as well. There, you're yeah. talking about the whole you, you jacked in the the nine to five yep. uh, late last year and all that. Give us a kind of 
you know, because some people listening would obviously be huge MMA fans, or huge combat sport fans, mm-hmm. and then other people wouldn't have a braise. Like, so I mean, yeah. you're essentially doing this professionally now. Like, what mm-hmm. what is the, the nine to five of a fighter then? Like, nine to five is is training, eating, recovery. <laughs> That's essentially a train, <laughs> eating, recover. Napping. Huh? Napping. No, I'll tell you, I'm excellent at that. <laughs> King of the nappers. You want napping lessons, I'm your man. <laughs> But that's basically it. It's training, you know, twice, three times a day. Um, you know, John Kavanagh would be an advocate of not overtraining. Yeah. Um, so twice, three times a day between strength and conditioning, sparring, jiu-jitsu, kickboxing, technical classes. It, var- it varies. There's a, structured, there's a structured syllabus or structured classes in SBG that I follow. And then I do my strength and conditioning as well. And then um, I also train with Dave Roach up in SBG Talent, where I also coach. Um, and Dave Roach is, you know, he started off MMA with John. Um, I, I, I train one to one with him, and he's a wealth of knowledge. Like yeah. He's, Jay's, like really the instruction manual in the MMA, particularly for me. And you can tailor, you know, he, he really tailors MMA, simplifies it, and you know, f- simplifies um, simplifies uh, situations where instead of going into over overly complex, just simplifies it, and then. Um, you know, and, and and Taylor makes it for me. You know, just brilliant. Yeah. Um. So with him and John Cavanaugh in my corner, like I, I tell you, have a wealth of experience. I'm really lucky. So, Is that six days a week? Six days a week, yeah. Um. Which generally do something on a on a Sunday active recovery day. I'll go for a walk or a swim or a, um the gym, something like that. You know, particularly coming up to a fight. Yeah. Particularly coming up to a fight, I you know, I probably should rest more than more more than I do, but um. Yeah, it's all part and parcel. Yeah, it, it sounds like something I'm definitely not able for it anyway. <laughs> definitely not. Like, after your fight day in July, like, what, do, you, do you get to like just turn on my neck to tails and go mental or what? Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, at what point do you get to kind of switch off? Like, the glow sticks and the whistle <laughs> exactly. already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, no, I won't. I'm going to have a quick turnaround time. I'm going to have yeah. a quick turnaround time Straight in terms of fights. Yeah. Look, I want that. After this fight, I've got vision. I'm, I'm, like, I was brought over to Bama for that welterweight title fight. Yeah. We're going into the cage after the welterweight title fight. Um, that's the one I'm going for. Your man Terry Brazier's trying to dodge me, but look, if he he's not calling the shots, so you know, you'll either fight me or you make it vacant. Yeah. And then I'll fight for it, and then it'll be whoever wins it. So that's 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 my next goal. So they brought you fight, over for that welterweight fight? It was brought over, well, unofficially, unofficially brought over for that welterweight title fight. It was given access all areas, pass. So make it out what you want. Yeah. I wasn't told to get into the cage, but I was placed beside the cage <laughs> at the door with access all area pa- pass and no one around me. To so, stop you from getting into the cage. To stop me from into the cage. So you're, you're making it your business now. So, like be, what? You're making it your business to get in there and be like, this is I my belt, in. man. I went, yeah. in. You, you went in after you won. I went in and I went up to him and I said, listen, was well on the win. I was there. What's the story? I'm next for the fight. And he goes, no way. Get four more title fights. And I said, that's not fight. That's not champion talk. I said, that's, that's scared talk. I was there. You know, we'll be, you know, we have your, your number. And, you know, I said, I know, you know, I'll be taking your chin home with you. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mark Goddard threw me out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've seen it. Yeah, 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 I've seen it. Yeah. Mark Goddard threw me out. Yeah. <laughs> what was the story with the uh, online spat with Joe McColgan? Yeah. So basically what happened was, Joe McColgan had beaten one of my teammates, Peter Queeley, and then um, he called quite comfortably as well. Sorry, quite comfortably. Yeah, yeah. It was well. It was a look. Where I, I'd love to see that fight again. Mm. I'd love to see that fight again. You know, Peter's. You know that was an off day for Peter. You know, but Joe, I hold Joe, Joe McColgan in very high regard in terms of his uh, 
in terms of his ability. So the uh, Joe McCulgan was asked in a in an interview about fighting myself and Steve Owens, and he said if John Cavanaugh wants to put his B team out, then then that's fair, fair enough. He goes to fight them. So I took him up on that offer, and I was uh, right, I'll fight you. And when I asked for a fight, it was declined. Right. So again, make it up what you will. You know, very similar. He was two and zero at the time. I was one and zero. He's a conventional boxer. Um, we've sparred that type. Of, we've sparred and fought that type of fighter countless number of times. So I would have gladly taken that fight. Um, and I'd say it might happen down the line. Yeah. Same might happen down the line. But since then, look, come here, Joe. He's, Joe. He's in Cage Warriors now. Isn't he? He's in Cage Warriors now. So our, 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 he's, our paths haven't haven't crossed yet. And, once he sees out his contract, I see on my contract that might happen. But what is your contract in terms of fights? Five, five fights. Five fights. Five is fights. It? So I'm looking for the welterweight title fight in my third fight. Right. So third professional fight in Dublin. I, I don't care where it is. Don't care where it is. You know, I'll defend it in Dublin if I have to yeah. win it. Win it elsewhere. I defend it in Dublin. And what's the overall plan after five fights? Are you just you're like? You've quit the job, you're doing MMA full-time six days a week. Is yep. this you now indefinitely? Sorry, is this, this is me. Indi- yeah, yeah. I have a, I have a broader plan outside outside of MMA. Yeah. Um, but for the foreseeable future, um, yes, it is. I'm making short-term goals in terms of my short-term goal is... My short-term goal is knock Daniel out in July 7th. Medium-term, medium-term goal is win that title. Hopefully by December that comes along. Um and then long term goal, I'll keep that to myself. Right. <laughs> right. Tell us, Rich, will you? That's no. <laughs> Jesus. I always leave them in suspense. I always leave them more ground. Where did um where did it all begin? Well, how old were you like? Seven. Seven. <coughs> seven when I started. Jesus. Uh, seven. My dad was a was a full contact karate champion. Old school, Kumite days. Did you ever see Jean Claude Van in Bloodsport? Yeah, yeah, yeah. bare knuckle job. <laughs> really? Like, yeah, they used to they used to do a bare knuckle, uh, the old styles, Waterloo, uh, karate, and um, he won the Irish title and that. So he started. And I remember when I was seven, he put me into a karate lesson, and I thought it was deadly. Walked up with the white suit and all, you know. And so thought you look great. Right. Yeah, it did look great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Best looking seven year old going. <laughs> So I was doing the, you walked into the class and I mean, they were counting to 10 and Japanese Jade is a karate world champion as well. She probably knows what it is, but it's itched me some shit. I didn't get a clue, but I was just throwing punches. But at the end of it, they do a thing called a kiyoi where they like, they shout. It's like, they expel all their air and they let a big roar. So that was grand. So they, at the, they got to 10, 10 punches and they let out a kiyoi and they let out this massive roar. The whole hall roared. Now I thought they were all shouting at me. <laughs> So I legged it, <laughs> I legged it straight out the door. So I was never going back to that. So about two years later, then I went back to kung fu, and we got uh, I did kung fu from when I was nine then upwards until I still I still consider myself kung fu kung fu practitioner. And uh, so yeah, what's we, kung what's kung fu? Kung fu, yeah, it's the Ch- it's a Chinese martial art. It's a Chinese martial art as opposed to karate, which would be a Japanese. It's a hard and soft style. Right. Um, so Bruce Lee would have done kung fu, right? Okay, um, but I did kung fu. So and then from there I went. They did points fighting. So I won Irish titles in point fighting, which is you know um, after each strike they stop, separate you, and a point is awarded. Um, similar to what Sean O'Bannon does and um, yeah. Dean Barry and Roy Baker. Yeah. So from then, so I did that for years. Got my first degree in in that. Um, 
and then I decided I want to go into full contact and I went into full contact kickboxing and I went in there through the, the that was I went with the Black Panthers for that and not uh, the Black Panthers not the Black Panthers not as the in the, mili- the, the, the militant African-American yeah. uh, <laughs> civil rights group. No, the first Irish Black no, Panther. No. The, uh, the Black, Pan- Black Panther kickboxing club up in Tala. But uh, I have to say, I've been blessed in terms of my coaches. The, the, when I initially started to Kung Fu, it was with Chris Dennison, who's probably the most underrated, underrated martial artist in Ireland. Um, he's brilliant. And in terms, of my, uh, in terms of my skill that I learned there, I, I still fight now how I learned how to fight then, which is on the toes, loose, um, you know, keeping distance. Um, it's a very distinctive fighting style, I think, versus other uh, MMA competitors. So, but from there, from the Kung Fu, I went into uh, the full contact kickboxing with the Black Panther Kickboxing Club up in Tallinn. And uh, I was training with Norman Kelly there, which is probably, I still think, is one of the best striking coaches in, in Ireland. Excuse me. Yeah, he's one of the best striking coaches in Ireland. And uh, I won my titles through, I won my full contact titles with him, won Irish title four times, win my world games, bronze in the European um bronze in the European the Wacko European Championships and I had to retire through injury. Um and then won countless other um countless other trophies and accolades with him, you know. So uh he really honed he honed my skill and put it into a system and, you know, put it into an effective fighting style that I could go into the ring and no matter what type of opponent I fought, you know, I'd have an answer for it. And that's something that he always drilled into me. No matter what type of fighter or what type of fighting style that you come out against, it shouldn't be a surprise. You should always have an answer. So I'm fighting someone who's stronger than me. I beat my speed. I'm fighting someone who's faster than me, which rarely happens. You know, I beat them with time. And if I'm fighting someone who's better time, and I beat them with feints, you know. Mm. So there was always an answer. Just for intelligent an, fighting. An answer for an answer. Well, that's that's what I that's that's how and that's when I'm coaching now. That's what I try, try and cultivate in my in my um in the people that I uh, my, that I coach. You know, that it's not just about going in and throwing arbitrary punches and. One, two, left kick, one, you know, you have to pick your shots, you have to set up your shots, you know, you can't just go out and hope, throw, you can't just go out and hope to, you know, you're fighting someone of equal fitness and equal skill level at you, you have to outthink them, beat them with intelligence, um, you know, or even someone, it doesn't matter, you know, someone who's physically, is physically better specimen than you, you know, you can still beat them, you know, beat them with your intelligence, you know, and that's, that's easily done, it's yeah. easily done. That's what I have to hope for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> As you were saying there, beating with Daniel Jobs, thinking back to, uh, remember, was, was it the UFC 7 or 8, where the big, huge black fella? Bob's that? No, that's. No, no. He, was about, he was about 600 pounds. Oh, I think I saw this. And he was, was fighting was like a lad of 150 pounds. Your man slapped, was slapping him, was yeah, he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you ever see that, though? No? No. Yeah, it's no. Yeah. But Before the weight restrictions came in. Well, yeah. The only thing I remember from the old school UFC is like I, I, I didn't really watch many of them. Like I know no, the video, really. the videos or whatever went around, yeah. but it doesn't remember your man who had that one boxing glove. Yeah, I remember that. It's the only thing I remember. I never watched it. Going, what one the punch, fuck? Mickey? Yeah. <laughs> Where the hell's the second like, glove? What yeah. the fuck's he doing with one glove? Like I just couldn't. <laughs> just yeah, it was yeah. weird. Like yeah, but um, yeah. So anyway, I was trying with the Black Panthers, and you know, I won my fight. there, and then, I, then I decided that I wanted to do something else. So I'd, I'd done the kickboxing. I'd, I felt like I was stagnating. Um, and then kickboxing, there was almost a limit on where you could go with kickboxing. And um, so it, that's, I went down to SPG more kind of aimlessly, just as it was something different to do. And that kind of, you know, I was kind of just getting, you know, I went into the jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu class. And, you know, again, that, that's, that has a way of hand your ego to you when you're first starting off. You're coming from a high level of striking. You automatically assume that you're going to be good at uh, jiu-jitsu or wrestling. Yeah. 
you find out quickly enough that's not the case yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and you have these I've heard that loads of times yeah, well, the kickboxers kind of doing their first kind of jiu-jitsu class and it's like oh no this is crap yeah so like it takes said, a while to fall in love with it does it it does yeah it's like yeah it, it, it does it does like you have people that are out of shape that are out of shape that are small that are teachers or accountants or solicitors that you would automatically assume you know to my detriment you know or you know, to my shame that I would be better at them because yeah. I'm a better athlete yeah yeah then you're getting wrapped up in 20, 30 seconds. You're going, Jesus, right? Well, let's, won't make that mistake again until the next class. And you go, oh, have this fella. Yeah. And next of all, you're, you know, your, your head is up your arse. But are you <laughs> trying to defend trying, just like, you're trying to survive. In, in survival quite, mode, yeah. Quite the drown with weights in you, you know, right. yeah. with chains in you, because like, or with a bloody, an anaconda around you, yeah. you know, because you have someone constricting you and restricting your breathing and, you know, it's like, and this is completely alien experience. At least it was for me. You know, but then there, then there's ways to teach you how to get out of those scenarios. Of course, of course. Yeah. Well, now, now it's different. Now it's different. You know, to, to now I'm, I'm going in like, and you know, I'm, I'm rolling with some of the best guys down there. You know, Graham Kenny, who who's who helped me from from this from the time I started. Um, he's a very very high level. Uh, what you call it? A purple belt, right? You know, very high level purple belt. Um, and I'm rolling with him now. I'm more than capable of holding my own there now, you know. And he's British champ, a British Open champion, and he's numerous titles and what have you know. So it's a different story now compared to where it was then. Yeah. But just yeah. to give you, a, 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 what you call it, when you when you walk in, so that, I can understand why a lot of kickboxers don't stick MMA. You know, when they walk in first and they, you know, they think they're going to be brilliant. Well, they've been doing something every, like you. You were doing something since you were seven years of age. Yeah, but it's, and then it's, you're just all of a sudden. Starting a new discipline. Yeah, well, it also opened my eyes to open my eyes to how ineffective conventional martial arts can be. You know, the likes of your Kempo, your karate styles, and like a lot of them, there's, you know, they can give people itself a, a false sense of confidence because very rarely that someone is going to punch at you straight in a straight line and then yeah. you allow you to, you know, step to the side, hit him a palm in the face, straight arm lock and thing. Mm. That doesn't happen. Most fights end up in a, a scuffle or a brawl and what have you. And if you do that with someone who's accomplished in jiu jitsu and you're not, Irrespective of your background, you could be a black belt and whatever. That you know, you're. It's only going to go one way. The thing with these styles, the other styles, like, and I include kung fu and karate and taekwondo and all these conventional styles. You can be a black belt in those styles. You know, but you might you might not be very good. You could just get a longevity and experience and what have you. But if you're a black belt in jujitsu, you're proven. Mm. Yeah, you will stand up against. You will stand up against any any fighter. So a black belt in you know the conventional martial arts versus a black belt in jiu-jitsu is completely different. I can't remember who said it. It was um, I was watching a thing on YouTube and it was like Eddie Bravo and um, they were talking. I can't remember who else was on it, but they were talking about like the Gracies and they were saying like if they were to recommend any sort of self-defense for women, it would be jiu-jitsu. 100%. It doesn't matter what size you 100%. are. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Nine times out of ten, a bloke is probably going to be bigger than the girl, and if they get you on the ground, you're like jujitsu is perfect because you'll be able to completely defend yourself quite well. You know, hundred percent agree. Like if you even see, <laughs> but I want to be included. Like a yeah. lot of the the self defense crap maga, which I just think is absolutely crap. Is that the thing that Steven Seagal does? No, he does a keto, which is also crap. Do you ever see? <laughs> you, ever see do you ever see them videos, uh, man? Yeah, they're ridiculous. Oh, they're ridiculous. But like. They the likes, the likes, of, the likes of Krav Maga and all that stuff, yeah. right? Like if you if someone kicks it in the balls, right? It's not much. It's not much crack now, right? Yeah. But <laughs> it's minus crack, Richie. It's minus crack. crack. It's minus crack. Zero crack. But what you're thinking about there is that that odd occasion where they catch a flush, right? When they weaken the knees, but 
every now and then, like most times, a leader catch off the side. <laughs> Sometimes they're the worst. Oh, the one, the one, yeah, yeah. But like, it's like if you kick someone in the nuts ten times, five times they might only sink to their knees. Right? Just five times where they might only sink to their knees. Which isn't, that's only a 50, 50, 50, 50, 50 if you're a woman, yeah. of getting away. <laughs> Whereas with jiu-jitsu, the percentage is much higher. You know, it gives you an answer no matter what position you're in. You know, yeah. you have a way out, and it's down to technique. It's not down to strength, you know. And so that's why I think in terms of, in terms of self-defense, I think jiu-jitsu is, for, particularly for women, is yeah. brilliant. Not just particularly for women, but like, for anybody, even for, for, yeah, any, for, for, for anybody, anybody yeah. yeah, it's brilliant. Because like, you don't need to be particularly athletic. Yeah. Um, although it does help, but you know, once you are a, once you're a student of the game, a student of the art, you know you've 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 a chance no matter who comes at you. Yeah. You know, and it's the whole thing you just said. Like most fights end up in a scuffle or whatever, and once you're in that kind of close, yeah. combat particularly the ones that end up outside the chip or they're really entertaining. Yeah. Now, but they always yeah. end up in a scu- in a scuffle, and then they have a thirty second breather before they go back in. No, I've avoided might, a batter sausage. We throw a few in. chips at each other and then they go back in swinging days. I never throw away chips. <laughs> I never throw away chips. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, so that's, uh, I'd highly recommend on you, on you yeah. to, do the, to do the art, you know. So that's what I had to do. I started from, I started as, as a as a novice. You know? Was there like a eureka moment for you? Was there a moment where kind of like, you know, because as you said, it's a little bit humbling at times where, like, accountants are slits yeah, at the point of wrapping you up or whatever. Was there one moment <laughs> yeah, where that's, you went... That's no, that's no, uh, the toughest, was that, 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 that fellow I was talking about, Graham Kenny's a solicitor, so yeah. he's probably one of the toughest lads I know. He's <laughs> fucking, he has smashed my face into one mat over the last three, three four years on numerous occasions. So, with a newfound respect for accountants and solicitors. I'll <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> be giving them stick again. No, I won't. Um, but I love that, though. I love really unassuming... I love like really unassuming people. And then you find yeah. out, Jay's they're black belt in fucking jiu-jitsu. Well, this he this he's like your man out of modern family, Ed O'Neill. Oh, Al yeah. from Al yeah, Bundy Al from Bundy, yeah. Married the Children. He's yeah, black belt. There's, there's loads like you look onto the mat and SBG, right? There's, uh, and it's generally the, again not to be stereotyping, but it's generally a, a people of of a higher intellect would do jiu-jitsu as opposed to get punched in the face with the <laughs> <Yeah. boxers. laughs> alright so that's probably why they're accountants and solicitors and why not <laughs> but uh, but yeah like this, you walk on any given time you walk out onto an SPG mat you've yeah. teachers you've people you've uh, professionals you know and all very successful in their own um, given pursuits but don't if you hold if you if you buy into that stereotype, he's only a teacher, or he's only a thing. You know, you're dismissive yeah. of that. You're you're just gonna get get smashed and wrapped, mm. and that's what happened to me. And to my, as I said, to to my shame, that's why I assumed that you know I'm a better athlete than these people, and I was wrapped up in yeah wrapped up in a lot of shapes that I wouldn't want to. <laughs> yeah. That you don't get wrapped up again unless Jade wants to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> Love <laughs> uh, it. Uh, you're doing a bit of coaching now as well. What's the coaching dead like? Later. Yeah, <laughs> dead. This is recorded for like. Don't edit yeah. that. Yeah, no, yeah. that's saying it. Um, doing a bit of coaching now. Yeah, are you coaching, coaching kids or? Sorry, are you coaching? No, coaching kids, adults, um, kids, adults, um, advanced fighters. Oh, what's that like? Yeah, it's kids are tough. Kids are teacher patience. So, yeah. so they would, but. Um, yeah, no, I enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoy enjoy the coaching. Because yeah. like MMA is just taking over the country. So it is there's SPG clubs nearly in every bleed county, isn't there? Sorry, well, it is. I tell you, like the, the level of exposure I've gotten in comparison to kickboxing 
it's completely different, you know. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, I think, <laughs> I don't know if they're living, if they live vicariously through MMA fighters or what have you, you know, because to be fair, it's a spectacle. You're going in and you're seeing two people in a cage. You know, it's like what I always say, uh, I always reference Andy Lee. Mm. Andy Lee's always saying, like, you know, MMA is for the YouTube era. You're looking for fast submission, fast knockout. Yep. You know, and that's why yeah. kind of the youth to say, when I started watching boxing or martial arts, I would have been about, Jesus, my dad would have had me watching Muhammad Ali at about 12. Yeah, yeah. And then actually watching it, I remember staying up for Holyfield, Tyson, and all the Tyson fights of the 90s, Lennox Lewis, and uh, fuck, I lost it. Go, man. Oh, <laughs> no. And you're thinking, like, you're enjoying, you were enjoying the fight, yeah. the heavyweight bouts back then, really yeah. enjoying the 12-round wars and all. Yeah. But nowadays, a lot of people seem to be just choosing for the quick fix. Do you know, like that? The, and, and that's what Andy Lee says. It's like the, the YouTube era, and I, that's why everyone is following MMA. See, I don't know if it is just about the quick fix, because, I mean, like, granted, his most recent fight, probably not so much, but, I mean, if you watch somebody like, say, Damien Moya, mm. that's not so much a quick fix. That's no. watching a dude who, like that, he... He, he grabs somebody and takes his time to suffocate them. You know, exactly. I think it's reality. I think it's the reality of of, of combat versus... Like, boxing is brilliant. Kickboxing yeah. is brilliant. Okay, and this isn't a, a knock at the, the, the sports because they're different sports. Yeah. But MMA is essentially a real fight. You know, whereas boxing, kickboxing aren't... Restricted, like. They're restricted. Yeah. Um, so, you know, MMA... There's some there's some restrictions on it, but um, you know some restrictions in terms of headbutt, gouge, and that type mm. of stuff. But essentially, it's real fighting, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think that's where the the watch me call it is. That's where the uh, the appeal is, you know. And then you know, even sure, even, remember when you were in school? Any time you heard a fight, it was the most ex- there was a fight yeah. at the end of the school. It was the most exciting day of the year. It's like, oh, lovely <laughs> yeah. fight at the end. Of- <laughs> but they like that. It lasts <laughs> for about twenty a, seconds. Yeah, it lasts about yeah. twenty seconds. But I don't know. I don't know. Something primal within people that they just want to see combat, or um, I don't know. So I'm not. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it. I know for me, kind of, it was like that. Like I watched a bit of boxing and all that as a kid, and. But I know the first time I watched an MMA fight, it definitely was. I was like, hang on a second, they can do what? Yeah. What? Yeah. What the fuck? Knees like, to the stomach, what? Like, literally, I, I spent, like, the first two fights I was watching going, hang on a what? Like, that yeah. was my reaction to everything. And then, yeah. ever since then, I'm like, yeah, dead, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, in the sense I watch it, I don't, I don't let this get here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 We always scream, not in the face. <laughs> and then when they're looking at me in disgust, I give them an old sucker yeah. punch. Looking at the ref, he's not allowed yeah. to hit me in the face. Yeah. That's on the contract. That's, yeah. 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 That's yeah, absolutely not the moneymaker. So you're enjoying the coaching? Yeah, I do, yeah. I'm enjoying the coaching, yeah. Enjoying the coaching. Fair to fighting. Um, fair to fighting, obviously. But um, as soon as I finish up, I will go back into coaching. As soon as I'll go into coaching more so. Um, but yeah, I do enjoy it. It's great when you, it's great when you get someone who's interested and is listening, irrespective of their skill level, even if they're not particularly talented, you know, if they, they just haven't, or they're not particularly athletic, but once you see their progression, that's where the, you know, that's where the, uh, the, what call, the payoff comes for, for me. Yeah. As a, coach. a lot of the parents sending their kind of kids to martial arts, it's, it's all, they're sending them nowadays, it seems, for discipline. And yeah. to get into like, being able to self-defense and being able to defend each other and stuff yeah. like that. <coughs> Yeah, it is. Now, and to be fair, in SPG, it's very, you know, they cultivate a real responsible attitude towards the martial arts, you know, which is great. Yeah. Because there's nothing worse. You can 
there's nothing worse than you. You know, seeing somebody just comes in like likes to hit people. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And you do get them as well. They're always going to attract that, you know, attract that to a club. Always one of them when I joined. I just wanted to, you know, <laughs> hit people. But it's great. That it kind of, it breaks that, you know, and it's about learning. It's about adding to your skill set and making you more well-rounded as a martial artist, you know. Because it's all well and good that he, this person's able to come in and hit someone as hard as he can in the face. But come into a jiu-jitsu, put him onto a jiu-jitsu man, and then the exact same thing that will happen to me will happen to him. Yeah. They yeah. learn quickly enough that it's not all about hitting someone in the face. Yeah, you know? on, yeah. So, Is there any difference with, uh, there's no difference in weight cutting, you've been through all that before in terms of food and stuff? Yeah, well, th- that was the first time I've, I've made 77. Like I used to, like in terms of my weight, um, I used to just walk in at whatever. I fought up as far as heavyweight, just walking in just for the crack, just yeah. for the fight. Yeah. For the sake of the fight, I'd walk in and, you know, and fight someone who's, I think the heaviest fella I fought was 108 kilos, you know. 108 kilos? 108 kilos, yeah. And you're um, fighting now at 77? I'm fighting now at 77, yeah. Jesus, yeah. swept. Yeah. The, you know, I've walked, when my title's at 86, just walking in at 86. So, the, realistically, I should have been fighting at lower weights throughout my career. Um but they're sticking out well to weight though now sticking out well to weight now yeah, yeah. 77 kg remember I used to work with you and you were just eating like big chickens and raw carrots and raw broccoli you used to think you were a pig <laughs> nothing changed uh, I, I'd go coming in from <laughs> a ro- human being I am yeah a roll from centre or something and then there's you eating the big chicken to yourself and yeah good for you why, why did you never cook the broccoli or the carrots I was eating them raw it's too lazy to be honest <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought there was some nutritional I value you, or something I tell you some scientific reason behind it but eh, no just uh, too lazy <laughs> well, that's Jade is, is a great help now in terms of my cooking and all she's giving me a great hand but like if it wasn't for that we'd still be on the raw broccoli <laughs> just lazy change, yeah. just, just lazy not a great cook he used to just open a packet of broccoli as if it was a packet of fucking waffles or a packet of crisps or something yeah, wouldn't be wouldn't be for me now. No, not wouldn't be for me. It's not much crack now. If you liked it, we told you enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I, I so far broccoli, man. I so far oh, so broccoli. Do you not like broccoli? No, no, no. Jesus. How no. can you like broccoli, man? Like, oh, yeah, that's all I ever seen. You you brought broccoli with you? Yeah, well, it's still, it's, it's a necessary. It's, it's a case, haven't it? Do you think if I do you think I'd be going like? To the ones and open up raw broccoli instead of McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> That's my next question. Yeah. When you're finished your fight and when you win, what's what's the first meal I'll you have get? A, oh, pizza. Is it? Pizza. So Straight yeah. after. Yeah, yeah, probably yeah. Next day, we win. Eddie Rockets pizza. Oh, pizza! Be pizza, yeah. Do you look forward to that when you're in camp? Of course, I'm looking forward to it now. <laughs> I'm, bring, I'm bringing it up already. So, uh, you you keep talking about that and you'll be sorry, mate. Six and a half weeks out, fair play to me. This is exactly what I want to talk about. The stuff I'm not allowed to eat. <laughs> well, we're what saying what else are you not allowed to eat? You're not allowed to eat McDonald's. Would you like some of that? Would you? As this is what I have now on the <laughs> um, As we were organising the interview, Rich's like, oh yeah, not fight week though, because I'll, I'll be wake away and I'll be cranky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I'm deeply you, sure, I'm bad crack to be, not much crack to be around now. Does, does the anger kick in, does it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jade's has tolerance levels are very high now. Patience of the saint, does it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm hungry or tired now, just don't talk to me. Ah, yeah. stop, man. That's like, it. Like a petulant teenager. Yeah. I'm saying that as Bottom if. Lip comes out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying that as if I'm an elite athlete now. I'm like, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, if I'm hungry and tired now, I tell you, all I need now, just give me a bit of food, put me down for a nap, wipe yeah. me whole, and I'm grand. But if you don't do that now, I'm a nightmare. As if yeah. I'm some sort of. <laughs> 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 yeah, but it is. T- Trying to compare your your hangriness to riches. Yeah, as if I'm doing a white cut. <laughs> yeah, right. 
There's a mental image for the listeners. Just <laughs> <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, remember you were saying you had your knee operation. What did you say to them? I can't. And what was what people we talking about? After the operation. Oh, they wouldn't release me until I'd had a, a movement. Yeah, but oh, then, yeah. no. But remember, you said uh, <laughs> about the shave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for anyone that can't see, he's Mero is making a shaving motion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they obviously shaved something. Yeah, they took a they took a graft from my hip, but apparently you need a, a bit of a pubic trim for that one. <laughs> so. Do a bit of male grooming in there as well, <laughs> A bit of manscaping, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. But yeah. Meryl seems upset. He brings this up at every opportunity now. You know it's just I mean? the way he said pubic tree and had me cracking up <laughs> for the hip, the bit of the hip. I thought, like, it was kind of a graft from, you know, I don't, I don't know, look, anyway. Oh, yeah, it was an odd one. Bit of manscaping. It was an odd one, yeah. That's grand. Thanks for bringing that up again, Graham. That's Sorry. not odd at all. That's, yeah. Sorry, you had me gone there with your, comparing yourself to weight cuts. Yeah, no, no bother at all, yeah, yeah. Mm. Happy to happy to chip in there. Yeah, I know. Here, listen, we will have to move the topic on from pubic grill. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And whole and it's so about your fight. Yeah, this fight and win. Yeah, you said come here. You said uh, you, look, one uh, the, the welterweight division in Bama is is yours. That you don't see anybody there that's yeah. gonna cause you any problems at yeah. all. Do, like, do you have? Is there such a thing for you as kind of like somebody who like a dream fight kind of somebody that you want domestically? To fight, like, yeah, domestically. Well. I'd, I'd, I want the Terry Brazier fight I want that welterweight title fight in Bama because yeah. to get that would be my third professional fight and to win a professional Bama title in my third fight it's, un- it's, it's unheard of yeah. Yeah, it's unheard of and uh, it's unheard of people even getting title fights at that rate isn't yeah it? but I'm making a bit of a noise so I'm making a bit of a noise so um, that's that's why you know yeah. like I said my style, fighting style is different I'd fight my hands down with chin up on my toes you know Know, knocked out Keith McCabe with a very fancy knee that was probably the most clinical um, strike of the night on that yeah. you know and not only that in terms of but the skill level that involved I'm doing it so I don't see why I shouldn't get one yeah. you know who else is who else like they, they can stick on these boring fights with people these people who have 20 and 10 records and these journeymen and that's fine if I want to go down that route they can but it's not an interesting fight yeah I bring loads of people to watch the fights and I offer a f- different fighting style than anyone else and I offer knockouts so I don't see why that they don't put it on you know you know it's the please these journeymen will have it and have them moaning like I see Keith McCabe is already moaning about the, fact, about the fact that there's loads of people moaning that I got brought over to Bama in the first place mm. you know Keith McCabe was moaning about and his dad has been on uh, social media moaning about his dad has his dad, yeah, his dad has been on the, the watch call it moaning about him not getting a title shot and you know, having a pop at me, but you look, why should he get touched? I beat him yeah. in two minutes, clinically. So I don't know see why he and Carlos Moyes since hasn't he? Yeah, he's won in thirty nine seconds. Keith McKay is brilliant. I, very the height of respect for Keith. I think he's brilliant. Um, just not as brilliant. Just not as brilliant. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's your tagline <laughs> for everyone now. What? Yeah. Everyone is brilliant. Just not as brilliant. <laughs> yeah. <as it>. yeah. <laughs> no, but he is. He's, he's he's very good. He's the height. He's a, you know he was a champion amateur champion yeah. you know fought everything like that a lot of people thought it was going to be I was being fed to the wolves there in my first fight and I think only myself John Kavanagh and Dave Roach were the ones 100% confident going in because we yeah. knew what our what the cap- my capability level was so your aim is just the title you do, you do, you do you have any dream matches or? yeah I'd love John McCulgan fight I'd love to the SPG Hunter I'd love to you know he's the SPG Hunter but he's kind of picking who he wants to yeah. <laughs> you know who he's well matched up against you yeah. know 
um, but he won't fight me. And he's lost since. Well. He's lost since. Now, to be fair, like I said, Joe McCoggan is very not a very high skill level. I thought he should have won that fight. Um, same way, I think Peter Creeley had a bad night against him. I think he had a bad night against that guy. Uh, yeah. Um, and I think that he would have any other time he'd win that fight. You know, Joe McCoggan is probably one of the best in the country. Um, pardon me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he is. Love it. Love yeah. it. But uh, Love it. it's domestically that's there the fight, and then. Um, Domestically, that's the fight. If you're saying international type of fight, yeah, yeah. Um, Who do you, do you? Is there any international MMA stars you look up to? Um, are you just trying to have your own identity? Yeah, no, I, I have my own identity. There's no point in me trying to be like anyone else because mm. you know yeah. they're not as interesting as me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a no. There's no like Gunny. I think Gunny's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. you know, um, in terms of skill level, I think he's the best in the world. You know, yeah. I've seen what he. I don't think there's anyone that can do what he can do. You know, he's elite level, elite level on the ground, and he's elite level on the feet. You and know? I remember watching him um, doing the, the the open workouts, mm. and I remember doing this mm. thing where, like, he basically had his head, the top of his head on the mat. Yeah, I know. And yeah. he starts doing this kind it's of weird rotational movement. Yeah, yeah, and as, and I'm like, what the hell is it's he? Like something out of The Exorcist, isn't it? It's, <laughs> Mad how like I was genuinely for about five minutes I was watching him and I was torn in my head watching I was like Man What's going on? That here? is actually he has, like, he has everything. He has everything. Yeah. He has the fight IQ, he's the athletic ability, he has the skill, you know. And he's I, just, don't, I think he's the best. pound for pound I would say he's one of the best in the UFC. He's harmless uh, man. Like, I'm not really happy with his next fight though. I, I, I was ex- I was a bit underwhelmed. Who's, who wants to who, 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 who fight him? Who wants to fight him? Yeah. yeah. There's nobody that would fight him. The well, only, when Stephen he fought Tom- David Stephen Thompson is already at the dodge in the fight and yeah. Stephen Thompson is dodging the fight he was really called, John Kavanagh called him out don't want the fight you know there's nobody that, there's nobody in there that would be if he fought Moya if he fought Moya like and didn't engage in a jiu-jitsu because Moya is probably the best jiu-jitsu in, yeah. uh, in yeah. um, but that's why when he fought Moya he was the only he was the first person in a while that went the full course yeah. wasn't he yeah, yeah. Like in fact, that, that's one of the that's what I was talking about with that kind of like nerdy where I'm almost just watching just to see yes. that kind of that yeah, yeah. that that weird beauty that it is. Like because the, that fight to me, well, I, the, the whole thing with that fight was just it's Gunnar who's touted as one of the best jujitsu guys, and then Damian Moya who, as he said, is probably the best in the world yeah. in MMA jujitsu. Like it's yeah, yeah, and he wouldn't be far off in, in, uh, in yeah in, in Brazil jujitsu yeah. as well. Like yeah, so yeah, but if, if they fought again. You know, I would have anyone yeah. that fights Gunnar. My money is on Gunnar. You yeah. know, like the Rick Story fight, I think was a wake up call from. I think, yeah, big you know? time. Yeah, that was a bit of a disappointment. I thought yeah, it didn't well, look to be. Yeah, but I think it was a wake up call because you know in that fight, I think Gunnar fought at the level of Rick Story is a fight into how fighting how good Gunnar can fight. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, but I genuinely think he's one of the best pound for pound. Yeah. In, um, Who do we see him knock out in Vegas? Oh, shit. Then we met him afterwards. I can't remember off the top of my head, man. But, like, even at that, though, even watching his fights, Gunnar Nelson is, comes across to me, and I say this having, like, met him as, hello, Gunnar, yeah. like, you know what I mean? All right, yeah. yeah. All right, boys, yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, he strikes me as the type of fella who, his house could go on fire in the middle of the night, the fire to be in the bedroom, he'd wake up, 
and he'd go look for the dog in the house to make sure that he gets here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like there'd be no, there'd be no how do we get out of here? Just be like, ah, oh, right, where's the dog? You know, like just yeah, he's, he's like, so he's like calm, like the fire wouldn't burn him. Yeah, exactly. Brandon Thatch, Brandon Thatch, that's it. Yeah, that was actually he knocked him out and then put him into a ring. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. But even that lad, the boxer lad, he fought the the Russian guy. Name again, can't think of his Tumanoff. name. Tumanov, yeah, yeah, Tumanov. Yeah. He's very, he's very, very good. Great, he's a great boxer. Yeah, and Gunny just that's what I, after the Rick Story fight, Gunny stand up was just brilliant. Gunny stand up was brilliant anyway. Yeah, I, I just didn't see it. You haven't seen the Rick Story fight. Yeah. Stand up was brilliant anyway. Because Rick Story's mm. being cut now from the UFC. Is he? Yeah, yeah. 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 That that's just like weird. That happens. People can fight, but you can have bad nights. Mm. You know? Yeah. That's, well, that's, that's it, and it's, it's that, that kind of, I was going to say it's that learning curve then yeah. as well he fought at the level of Rick Story as opposed to fighting to how the level that he can fight at you know yeah. and uh, he's an exception I think he's up there one of the best in the what's UFC what's it like sparring him yeah it was grand it was good it was just the first time we walked in it was a kickboxing um, but it was, it was mad because um, I walked in and I was sparring Artem um, I was sparring Artem Lobov and John came up to me and was there like just stopped he was walking past with Gunnar Nelson he stopped to watch me and Artemis Spar. and uh, he just said what's your background and I told him and he goes will you spar Gunny?" and I was there yeah no no problem so we came down the next the next uh, day and uh, got in against Gunnar Nelson and then there was a jiu-jitsu class on the mat <clears throat> and there was another class on the, the mats beside us and we were in the ring and uh, now I was fat at the time. <laughs> Should have asked him for a sumo wrestling match, but, uh, but it was it was it was deadly because the whole gym stopped to watch. So the whole gym stopped to watch us spar, and uh, which was great. You know, it was like uh, it was when you could hear pin drop in deadly. the gym, which is very unusual. Um, but yeah, so that was that was grand. So that was the Gunnar Nelson, and then the watch we call it Connor. Ed. About three or four weeks later, Connor was in the gym. He just said to me, "You the kickboxer," and I was there. Yeah, well, name's Richie, <laughs> <laughs> and he asked to spar then. So I was sparring with him as well. So that was a that was a, was a surreal experience to be, you know, only in the gym and yeah, those they're, they're, they're the three guys. They're the three guys that you're that you're sparring, you know. But, and um, does Connor really hit like a heavyweight? Like he hits hard, all right. Yeah, yeah. he hits hard, all right. He hits hard. He's, that left hand is telescopic, you know. I'm a bit heavier than him, so um, you know. But anyone his own way will uh, will, we'll will feel, feel it. it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and maybe I'll feel it as well if he hits him. Oh, so, <laughs> couldn't couldn't leave without getting that in. Yeah. Yeah. All the SPG lads on this podcast, <laughs> every one of them. Yeah. Always say it. I still don't think it's gonna happen. Hmm? Nah, I think I think it's an. I still don't think it's stage. gonna happen. I think. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I think you know. With, with there's too much money in it. Why wouldn't it? It's too much money. Yeah. Just think, if you think about it from a money point of view, it's yeah. just too much money in it. How Connor, do you think it's going to be received by so, like, fans and all? It's a, what? How do you think it's going to be received by fans? Who cares? If you, yeah. would, you, would you give a rat's arse if you were getting no, actually, 100 million? No. Exactly. And even at that, like, well, how do you think it's going to be received by fans? You're going to watch it, aren't you? Yeah, there you yeah. go. Do you know what I mean? And that's it. Everybody, no matter really how much you'd, you'd, you'd watch it for the build up alone. I yeah. would. Yeah. You'd watch it for the build. You'd give out about it. You'd probably, like, people would probably give out about it now, but they still watch it. It's not yeah. that I give out about it. It's just like, why is this happening? How has this happened? It's a spectacle. Yeah, yeah. it's a spectacle. And it's but you that, might as well have it at WrestleMania. For Jesus' sake! No, there see, you go. Uh, so like, you'd add another two hundred million to pay per view. Send that on to Vince McMahon. Vince will be all over it. Definitely. But just think about it though. It's that whole thing of Floyd being the best of the best and Conor being the best of the best, and it's that whole, you know, 
how is he going to go into that discipline? It's the, it's the curiosity factor for a lot of people. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Connor has, Connor has knockout power. You know, Connor has knockout power and he has charisma. He's got the gift of the gab. Yeah. Okay. So you have a. The fight's you've, out. You've, 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 yeah, it's a two, yeah. two of them. It's two of them. You know, you, I'd buy it just for the build up alone. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. just for the entertainment value and the build up alone. And then the fight itself would be a bonus. Imagine yeah. just people put, are People are discarding him, you know, like anyone. Irrespective, right? What's, right? People are going to say this, that Floyd has the skill level on him. Grant. Okay, fine. Skill level on boxing. Right, we'll give that to him. Just We'll give that to, to Floyd Mayweather, right? Connor has knockout power. Yeah. Okay? So he only needs to connect once. He's a bigger man than Mayweather. So he only needs to connect once. So what people are saying is that they're discarding the fact that they don't think Connor will be able to connect on him once. Okay? And when you look at it like that, it's a completely different fight. You know, because yeah. he's a puncher's. If he's a puncher's chance, everyone has a puncher's chance in a, in a fight. But then you put Connor has bloody horseshoes in his hands. Yeah. So you put that, bring that into the equation. It's a different fight. The only know. thing is, being objective here, <laughs> that he's fought Canelo and the, no, that Mayweather fucking rarely gets hit. Yeah, but he has got hit. He has yeah. been. He hit has though. got hit. Yeah. He has got hit. And it is that, as you said, that's the lore. All he has to be is hit once. Yeah. All he needs that's is that the lore. Shot. Yeah, only that one shot, and it's that whole. And game he's had difficulty with cell pass. Yeah, 12, 12 rounds. Do you think he's not going to hit him once? That's a possibility. That's a, that's a possibility. It is. A, it's a possibility that you mightn't get a solid connection because yeah. Mayweather is, is so so good. He, yeah, defensively brilliant. But that, that's that's. The and I don't even like, like, I'm, I'm giving you the extreme here. Yeah, I yeah. don't want to say that Connor is only going out to hit him once because Connor is a lot more skilled than people give him credit for in boxing yeah. because he's because he's fought in MMA and hasn't fought in boxing. You think like in MMA you've smaller gloves. Okay, so there's a much smaller margin for you. Like with the big gloves, you can take shots on the gloves. With the MMA gloves, you can't mm. because the, there's a much bigger space there for you to, to connect with. Okay, so defensively, Connor has, you know, will have big gloves now, so you won't get hit as much. You won't be worried about, you won't get hit as much um, with the, like with the likes of the small gloves. When you put your guard up, there's still a large area where you can be hit. Yeah. The big gloves, that area isn't there, you know. That's a good so, point. So, the McGregor doesn't get hit that much in his, in his fights anyway. And he, when he does get points, he's, he's the range, he's the size, he's the youth, yeah, and he's the strength. Yeah, my, my, you're convincing me now that he's gonna win. Mm. There you go. That wasn't hard. Was I, well, at the start of the conversation, it's, like, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. Then I'm like, oh yeah, I'm sold. And now I'm like, geez, he's gonna fucking win. Now. What I'm saying is that it's not as cut and dry as people think. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. So he has, uh, but he's nothing to lose for Jay's sake. Uh, someone from Cromwell, he's nothing to lose. He's gonna gain fucking whatever amount of millions. That's, that's what, what I mean. Yeah. Like, like he doesn't lose any credibility if he if he if he loses the fight, he doesn't lose any credibility. Who would ever have thought someone from Cromwell was gonna have a fight with Floyd Mayweather? <laughs> well, I'm sure outside a chip or somebody would have you for it. Richie, before we let you go, mate, right? Yeah. So, Bama 30, July 7th, yeah. uh, the three arena, tickets and all that are probably still available already. Are, yep, yeah, they are, yeah. yeah absolutely. So um, you can get them from me or you can get them from Ticketmaster. Deadly. Yeah. Nationwide. Uh, nationwide. Yeah. Um, it's a great card as well. It's a yeah. great card. The Honey Badger's on it, I think, as well. The Honey Badger's on it. Yeah. So the honey He's badger. making his return, is he? Yeah, love yeah. it. I know he did positional rounds with him on a couple of weeks ago, and he's still a beast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I seen him fight in Cagewater Warriors years ago. He's uh, he's physically a beast, isn't he? He's physically, a great a beast. physically a beast. Yeah, physically a beast. Skillful. He's extremely technical and skillful as well. Have you ventured down to his Port Arlington gym yet? Not yet, not yeah. yet, but I'm going to get some rounds in with him and Carl Pendred as well, so, yeah. so we get some oh, rounds in as well. Yeah. So. Carl's still training, is he? Carl's still training, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah sure, 
just <laughs> something there a couple of weeks back he goes come here I want to show you something when I was there what he took out his phone and showed me a video of him Superman punching Jean-Claude Van Damme in the face <laughs> <laughs> so I was there what <laughs> I was there, that's something you don't see he goes yeah, is this his new film so uh, Jesus yeah there's not many people yeah. that remind someone from Crumlin fighting Floyd Mayweather. Many people, you know, Superman punch Sean Clark. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Deadly. That, that yeah. tips it for me. That yeah. Does, yeah. <laughs> um, so. where, where can people get you on social media and all that crack? Yeah, you can get me on Richard Coyley MMA. So on Facebook, Snapchat, uh, Instagram, and what am I leaving now? Twitter. And Twitter, yeah. Richard so. Coyley MMA everywhere, basically. Richard Coyley MMA everywhere, yeah. Love so it. it is. Love it. Um, yeah, I just want to thank all my sponsors as well. Uh, Broadstone yeah. Motors, uh, Peachtree East, um, Auto Key, um, Denor Meats, um, and 24-7 cabs, halfway cabs. So, is there still opportunities for people out there? Yeah, there's still opportunities for sponsorship as well, yeah. Just so, get in touch with one of your Yeah, just get, yeah. And as I said, you probably probably notice I'm making quite a bit of a noise now, so in terms <laughs> of exposure, you'll definitely <laughs> yeah. get that. <laughs> Deadly, absolutely, yeah. man, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Well, look... Um, I won't even say best luck to you because we won't convince you have it. Don't convince us. No point in saying it. But, uh, yeah. look, I'll be there. I was going to yeah. say, yeah, we'll be there. Um, yeah. Be cheering you on anyway. Well, look, man, thanks for having Do you mind if I bring a banner? Sorry? Do, 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 do you mind if I bring a, bring Kyle, a Kylie Mania or something? No, the last one my mum and all had. Quite, it was very apparent who my mum was. Was there a stop? Come here, listen, I tell you, there's very few MMA fighters that are tough as my mum. So. <laughs> so. Love it. So, Deadly man. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, thanks a million for having me. No, thank you. Very generous man. Uh, July 7th, as we said, tickets are still available. Bama 30 in the tree arena. Yeah. But uh, look, that's it for. You can get it on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Podcast Republic, Podcast Addict, anywhere and everywhere. Just search WTS Pod. Check out all 100 chapters before Did you this one. Do yourself a 100. Eventually. Yeah. yeah I, when my nerves settled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I shit the bed a little bit, but yeah, it was all right. Like. It was great. Thanks everyone for coming out um, to it. Yeah, thanks indeed to the people who supported that one. And uh, thanks to The Natural Kitchen, Kitchen 62 and Dunleary for, for helping us out. And to the lads here and Fitzpatrick Castle as well, obviously, FitzpatrickCastle.com. But yeah, look, um, that's it. Most for this week. Good luck. Next week. Here it is. Full hearts. Hello. Look. Sweet.